This week on Non-Native Creative, I'm very happy to welcome Sharif Idol to the show. Sharif is an Egyptian dentist and a cartoonist. He's been creating cartoons in Arabic for about seven years now, and he came to Tokyo a few years ago to work towards his PhD in dentistry. During that time, he started making cartoons in English about his experiences in Japan and in Tokyo and in learning the Japanese language. In this discussion, we talked a lot about his thoughts regarding his move from Cairo to Tokyo, and we also talked a lot about art and the kinds of things that he likes to explore in his work. Make sure to check him out on his social media portals from the links in the description and enjoy this discussion. On this week's episode of Non-Native Creative, I am very, very excited to welcome Sharif. Sharif is an Egyptian dentist slash cartoonist. Yep. And he is here to explain how he got to where he is here in Tokyo today, where we're having this discussion, uh, and what got him started on these two maybe very different paths, uh, one of which is obviously very creative. Uh, and he's going to share a little bit about uh, his work, some examples. He's brought some examples, too. Uh, so thank you so, so much for coming to speak with me today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on Non-Native Creatives. And thank you for pronouncing my name exactly correctly (laughs) (laughs) well i remember we we had the opportunity to meet uh several months ago through a work project Mm -hmm. uh we were doing a a language learning uh podcast audio series Mm -hmm. and i remember uh you coached me on the correct pronunciation of your name at that that. time yeah Yeah, yeah, so i like locked it in my head of how to say it yeah it's always nice to hear (laughs) so (laughs) thanks very much it's good to it's good to chat with you again about something very different this time yeah Mm -hmm. about your work i learned after our recording session about your work uh doing comics uh and since then uh yeah i've I just was looking around here and there, seeing your work here and there, and now we finally have the chance to discuss it a bit in depth. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm looking forward to that. So I want to start off uh, today's interview, today's discussion, with the same question that I ask everybody uh, that I'm borrowing from the X-Men, which is to, if you could, please describe or share about uh, what you would consider your origin story, the thing that got you started along this kind of creative path that you're on today. Mm. Do you have like an origin point or an origin story? Uh, Yeah, kind of, in a way. And I like the way you phrased that question as a cartoonist. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, kind of. um, I always was interested in comics. Uh Since I was a kid, I always used to draw like uh, my favorite characters, I was into like uh, comics and video games and cartoons and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was always inspired by the way these characters look and always try to you know draw them myself. I made some comics when I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like very primitive stuff, like about me and my friends, uh, you know, funny situations, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exact point of origin would be around seven years ago. Okay. And I just uh, finished my master's degree uh, in dental medicine. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, like kind of as a dentist in Egypt, you, you're on this one-way track. You know, you graduate, you get your bachelor, and then you get your master's, and then you open a clinic, and you start working, and you get your PhD. It's this one-way track, mm-hmm. right? And I felt like I have a lot of stories to tell. I have a lot of... Uh, humor that I see and I want to portray and comics felt like the best medium that I can use to tell these stories Mm -hmm. and I thought like I took a decision uh, to learn and to you know 
uh, pursue this kind of, uh, I consider it a side career. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's basically my origin story. I felt like I was on this one railway track and I needed to experience other, you know, parts of life. Mm-hmm. So basically that was that. Wow. Okay. So it, you did when you when you first started like uh, I mean drawing uh, and starting to do illustrations then did you know at that time like I want to make this a career or what did you kind of start it as like a hobby? Uh, like like I said since I was a kid I mm. I considered it a hobby, mm-hmm. a hobby, right? And uh, I think when I went to dental school I basically put it on the side. Like okay. I, I basically stopped drawing for a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I felt like at that point, like seven years ago, that's when I decided I want to make something out of it. I want to learn and, you know, make something out of it. Wow, cool. So when you say, like, I want to learn and, like, make something out of it, then does that mean that you started actively looking for, like, publications or ways to, uh, like, promote your work online or? Uh, yeah, basically. Like, uh, I, I like the idea of learning by doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to first I like I started to publish my comics online Mm -hmm. and of course at the beginning they weren't so good and uh, slowly I started to gather an audience and learn you know like what people like what is funny what is funny to me and what is funny to other people Mm -hmm. and uh, you know try to make my art better Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically I started online and uh, during that time I you know, opened like a Twitter account, Facebook page mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started making, publishing these uh, satirical comics. Uh, I did some poli- political stuff. I did some like uh, societal stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's basically all humor, mm-hmm. parodies, satire and that kind of okay, stuff. Okay, so just yeah. kind of poking fun at, you know, everyday life or exactly. like the big figures, societal figures. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, the work that you've done uh, is, it's all uh, it's all in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Has uh, uh, you mentioned to me a little bit before we started that the uh, the approach or rather kind of the uh, understanding of comic books uh, in in Egypt is kind of as like an alternative art form. Mm. So at that time when you were getting started, what was kind of the response to the the comics that you were creating? Um, Yeah, in a way, like the Egyptian comic scene is much, much smaller than say America or Japan. Mm -hmm. It's not really an industry. It's more like, uh, you know, individual efforts. And the the audience, uh, although they love it, the audience isn't so big, Mm -hmm. right? And lucky for me, uh, at that time when I started, uh, I'm not sure if you know about the Egyptian revolution that Uh, happened in 2011. Oh, uh, I, I... I was not uh, in depth into it, yeah, yeah, but I remember hearing about it on the news. Yeah, yes. w- without getting into politics, it uh, at that time people started paying attention to alternative art. Okay. Uh, you know, like graffiti comics and you know stand-up comedy, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. We don't have a big scene for it, but at that time, the attention for those c- forms of art became bigger. Lucky for me. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So, so were those kinds of art kind of being used then as like a, a you know a way to express the the feelings of many different people at that time? Yeah, 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 mm, exactly. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to like you know taking to the streets and like you know engaging in, a, in like direct political action. 
yeah, like both are parallels, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. Mm. So that was kind of a nice, uh, well, I don't want to say nice, but that was a, the, the timing was right for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for the work that you were doing yes, then. Yeah. Okay. And so has your work kind of changed and shifted then in terms of topics over the years? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, like I used to be pretty much, everyone pretty much was into politics at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of like over it. I don't feel like I want to do any more political stuff. Okay. I I haven't done for a for a long while, and uh, I still value comedy. It's the 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 thing I want to write. I I want to. I feel like I want to make people laugh by reading my stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. so in the comics that you're doing today uh, yeah. and recently, uh, they're more focused then on just everyday life. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you were showing me a few things earlier about just kind of you know, uh, kind of making fun of uh, bureaucratic systems and uh, like exactly. themes that are very common in probably every country in the world as well yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think that that's yeah that that's really cool that there's a way you know like you've created this way the mm. series actually mm. uh, to kind of humorously yeah poke fun at <laughs> the uh, inefficiencies of everyday exactly, adult exactly. life yeah so yeah so uh then shifting then uh, a little bit you were do- you were do- you were doing this you said 7 years ago about 7 years ago started doing this uh and then eventually because we're here having this conversation in Tokyo uh you came to Japan then. Mm-hmm. uh so this is connected to your education then, exactly right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. so what uh, what was the uh the reason that you thought I would like to come to Japan to continue my education um uh, so many different reasons okay. like so so many reasons but uh basically i visited japan on a trip with some friends around mm-hmm. four years ago okay. and i had a really good experience i felt like uh, japan is a country that is so different than all the countries of the world and specifically different than cairo than egypt i mean okay uh like tokyo and cairo are feels to me like polar opposites Oh. <laughs> in a sense. Uh, having never been to Cairo, is mm. that, can you, I know this is like an impossible question, but can you share like an example of something that's like a key difference between Tokyo and Cairo? Uh, both are very busy cities, right? Mm. Both are very uh, heavily, densely populated. Uh, but Cairo is much more chaotic and Tokyo is much more focused on order mm-hmm. and rules, Okay. right? Uh but in in that system of rules, some humanity is lost, if okay. I may say so. Okay. Uh, but Cairo is much more warmer than mm-hmm. Tokyo, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, human relations-wise. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. So they, they're very, very different. Okay. So you kind of have this uh, chaotic city, mm. but there's a lot of warmth and humanity. Yeah. As opposed to this very, very organized city that mm. kind of gets a bit cold in a and sense. distant yeah, in yeah. some cases. Mm. Okay, okay, I understand. Mm. So you really had you had a good experience your first time in Japan. Yeah, I felt like I need to experience more and uh, I applied to this university I'm in now mm-hmm. and I'm doing currently doing my PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought uh, it's a good chance to, you know, get my degree, get a better education and at the same time experience more and uh, I, I really like to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. You know, like moving to Japan felt like a, a huge leap of faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like it felt like a huge step. I need, I'm going to have to learn Japanese. I'm going to have to 
get used to this very new culture to me mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have to you know learn a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. so uh, I'm yeah that, that is also one of the reasons I'm a very easily bored person okay so, <laughs> so you know like the monotony of day-to-day life mm-hmm. is really affects me negatively I see and I I, f- I was at this point that I was ready to make like a, a new challenge a huge okay. step into a new direction yeah because this is the place where every day you're challenged really exactly right? <laughs> everybody always says that I mm. think yeah, yeah yeah so this is a good environment for mm. that okay so you've spent the last about two years then living and working here yep. uh, sorry living and studying here yeah uh, so uh, then maybe we can talk first a little bit about uh, the language mm. situation. And so when you first arrived here to, to do your studies, were you able to speak any Japanese? Um, like a very tiny amount. I started learning back in Egypt uh, when I got the acceptance from the university. Okay. I started learning around three months before my trip, mm-hmm. before my flight. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew a bit, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really speak when mm-hmm. I arrived. Okay. Uh, and then I continued learning here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still learning. Like, it's, it's a very difficult thing. Oh, me too. I've <laughs> <laughs> been here 10 years. I'm still learning, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're fluent. Uh, I do okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah. So the the language, did you set, did you have a strong sense of like a language barrier when yeah, you first exactly, arrived? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like okay. a huge barrier. I felt like, especially that, we kind of have the image that Tokyo is like a, you know, how do you say, international city? Mm. Kind of like, there's a lot of, people from all over the world. Right, yeah. So you would expect that many Japanese people speak English, right? Mm-hmm. Which was not the case, mm-hmm. even in universities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there was definitely a huge language barrier. Okay. Uh, but it got better as the more I learned, the more right. the more I can communicate, right? And the more life gets easier. Right, right. right. So yeah. compared to like thinking back now on when we, maybe you first arrived, mm-hmm at the beginning of that two-year period, mm. would you say that there's been a huge change in your Definitely. language ability? Yeah, th- I'm not like uh, where I want to be, but mm-hmm. I'm, I know a lot more than I used to. Okay, so mm. like you can you know, take care of like daily tasks yeah, and yeah, so yeah. on in mm. Japanese as well. Yeah. That's very cool. Mm. And s- while you've been here as well, you've kind of, you've made connections uh, in kind of local, uh, in the local publication scene, mm-hmm. uh, and you've continued to do uh, some comic work yep. here as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the difference between the comics that you've been creating here in English as opposed to what you were creating uh, before? Yeah, um, when I first came, uh, I always like keep mental notes of everything interesting or funny that happens to me, everything I I observe Mm -hmm. and I think I can, you know, derive humor out of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt like because it's a new experience, it's a new culture like we talked about Mm -hmm. and there's so many situations that I find humorous. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do like a comic diary about my experience mm-hmm. and uh, the funny things that happened, the, the interesting things that, that I experienced. Uh, and I made this uh, comic strip called Gaijin Falafel. Mm-hmm. So basically Gaijin Falafel, Gaijin of course is like a foreigner right. in Japanese and Falafel is kind of like a slang word for Egyptian in some countries. Ah. So it's 
the combined like two slang words. Ah, I was unaware of that. Like in in my American pronunciation, we say falafel. Well, uh, yeah. And in Japanese, farafiru. But the <laughs> we I think uh, my only association is with the food. Yeah. Well, basically, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's an Egyptian food, mm-hmm. so it's also a slang word for Egyptians Egyptian? in a way. Understood. Yeah, yeah. Ah, there's a deeper meaning to that. I was not aware. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So so yeah, like basically, it's like a comics diary, mm-hmm. and uh, I just tell like uh you know ex- different experiences different funny occasions uh and yeah and in a way also show the contrast between life in Cairo and life in Tokyo right it's through very, doing that yeah mm-hmm. like I had before before I met you I remember mm-hmm. I had, I'd seen your comics mm-hmm. in uh in Metropolis magazine where yep. they're published mm-hmm. uh about once a month I think exactly uh and I, re- I remember seeing that and going, oh, my gosh, when did they get this person that's doing these, like, these nice comics? <laughs> I've ne- I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, I, and I was so surprised at how, like, not, uh, it was very different from the usual, like, uh, expat in Japan approach. Because mm. I think a lot of expats in Japan will kind of tend to uh, kind of, uh, I'm mm. going to hurt some uh, people's feelings here but <laughs> they'll kind of make like these woe is me stories yeah, about yeah, things. yeah. they'll uh, kind of and i'm sure i'm guilty of this i've been guilty of this at some point in time but they'll, they'll kind of be this very like us versus them situation yeah, yeah whereas yeah. your comics are a little bit more like i'm in this situation and here's just how i'm understanding it right now okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of like humor is kind of a in a way, it's a defense mechanism, right? Sure. Yeah, like you experience something so, you know, striking. Mm-hmm. And if you find the humor in it, you can go through it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. That's how I see a person, how, how a person should experience life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, finding humor in these situations is a, is a good way to... You know, yeah. Think about it. Mm. Do you have like a, a? I know this is another impossible question, but like a favorite uh, a comic that you that you've created in your time here? Uh, out of these, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe the first one. So basically, the the very first one was the second day after my after I arrived, mm-hmm. and I was doing all my paperwork in the university, and uh, I was riding the train, and because I'm a foreigner, most Japanese people tend to stare a bit. Right. At foreigners. Have it's you com- experienced it's, that? It's common, it, yeah. 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 And especially if you're if you're still new, you get to, to notice it. Right. I right. feel like yeah, if you're running around like with a suitcase and a backpack and you kind of have that, you know, the the way that you're dressed maybe is indicative of the fact uh, that you're maybe yeah. not familiar with the surroundings, then you kinda get a little like glance. Yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, uncommon. Yeah. So basically I was in the train and in a way feeling like people staring mm. and then I saw like on the on the train screen it says like if you see anything suspicious please contact the blah 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 uh-huh. so I thought like do they think I'm suspicious <laughs> am I the suspicious <laughs> thing here right uh-huh. and then yeah I, I noticed the the absurdity of it so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's basically I've seen that <laughs> comic yeah it's funny like that moment where you glance around you're like oh, is it me <laughs> Like, am I the suspicious person? Yeah, but that feeling, I think, I mean, the feeling fades a little bit over time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But every once in a while, you will still get, you know, a a, a kind of concerned look from someone. And, you know. It happens, right? Yeah, Mm. that part part never really goes away. Mm. Okay, great. So, and I think maybe we'll talk a little bit more in depth about uh, the comics a little later. Mm Because I know you brought them and I would love to be able to show them. Maybe, like, 
I can of put course. like a picture yeah, yeah, or definitely. something yeah, so yeah, I can sure. edit it into the video. If All you're right. listening to it on the podcast, go watch the video if you want to see so, some yeah, Please do. <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> maybe towards the end then. Um, I want to then, so now that we have kind of a good, I feel, uh, background on uh, who you are and what brought you here, I want to talk a little bit in depth maybe then uh, in, about your experiences, you know, living and working, uh, sorry, living and studying really mm-hmm. uh, here in another culture and kind of comparing that to your experiences mm. in Egypt. So um, you're here working on your PhD, yes. Yep. Uh, I was first curious about the experience of a higher education system mm. here in Tokyo as opposed to the education that you experienced in Cairo mm. uh, or in another another city in Egypt, sorry, yeah, to presume. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, have you noticed any key differences, whether they're challenging or exciting, about studying in Japan and studying in Tokyo? Mm, it's definitely different. It's definitely has been a challenge, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Hmm, where do I start? But um, in Cairo, I suppose, uh, for example, when you're doing your degree, mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense, everything is so clear to you, right? Like what you're supposed to do. Uh, like you mentioned that track, you know, there are all these steps yeah, that you should go on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You, you know what you're supposed to do. You're basically, you're told what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. In Japan, uh, and I think it's part of the culture, there is kind of an understanding that you should readily know everything. Ah, uh, yes. I, right? Yes, and Even, that's, mm, that's a challenge. And nothing is said. It's all, yeah, you're, you're supposed to grasp it. Right? Yeah, you're supposed to read the air, as they R- say To read the air. Mm. And it took me quite a while to, to understand that concept because mm-hmm. Egyptians, and I think many Middle Eastern countries, we're very direct. We're very, you know... Uh, if I want to ask a question, I just ask it, right? Mm, mm-hmm. In Japan, it's quite the opposite. Mm. So that's also one of the big, huge differences between, you know, Cairo and Tokyo. Right. Uh, so it took me quite a while to, to understand, uh, like, what I'm, you know, reading there, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's one of the differences. And, uh, of course, it's been really nice to to study in, like, a big university with a lot of access to, you know, uh, laboratories and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, been a very educative experience mm-hmm. so far. Mm, that's uh, uh, your point about uh, the ha- yeah having to one read the air, and two about uh, the indirectness with mm. which so much of uh, life here occurs. That is a huge challenge. Uh, just uh, and that is, continues to be a challenge for me as mm, well too. Yeah. Even after yeah uh, ten years now, mm. uh, knowing. The right way to ask something mm. is such a skill that get that I think that people from more direct countries yeah. have a hard time adjusting to. Yeah, I, I believe so. Mm. And I think there's also like the the strange part is, uh, even though you're a foreigner, you're also expected to to readily know this this kind mm. of. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah, or like. Uh, also, another thing that I've noticed, you mentioned humor as a defense mechanism. Mm. That is huge here. I've noticed uh, sometimes I'll realize I've committed like a social faux pas mm. when someone laughs. So like, for example, uh, I was out with friends one night and one friend won something. It was some kind of uh, event we were attending. Uh, he won like a glass, uh, a mug uh, or something like okay. that. Uh-huh. And they were uh, saying like, oh, well, 
do you want this? Do you want this? And I just said, I don't need it very directly. Uh-huh. And they kind of went, huh? like there was immediately some very nervous laughter because they had all been saying, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I just yeah, directly yeah. said, I don't need it. <laughs> and they exactly. were like, I created some discomfort there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, we, it's, it's really hard for us to see like this kind of, you can't say no. Yeah. Like you can say yes. You, c- you have to, you know, be in the middle yeah. and imply, right? Yeah. So you have it's to, quite different than you have to be aware. our cultures. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's something that was that all that continues to be challenging sometimes. Thankfully, like, you know, with making friends, mm. you know, they kind of understand like, oh, yeah, this yeah, per- yeah. you're being direct, <laughs> mm. but that's just how you are. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll kind of adjust. Yeah. And those people, uh, bless them <laughs> there for their understanding but uh mm. have you uh, that's kind of the next the next thing that i wanted to talk about mm. is in your time here then have you had the opportunity to you know make friends to yeah, you know, yeah, get definitely. out in the community yeah, and hang course. out with people yeah, yeah mm. of course like, mm. i got a much better understanding about uh, japanese culture and people and i can connect to them much more than i uh at the beginning mm. and yeah i've made some friends inside and outside of the university mm-hmm. it's been it's been nice that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. And when you spend time with your friends, then do you use English? Do you use Japanese? Yeah, do you English. Use Arabic? Uh, basically English. Mm. Mm. Have, that's but, a, mm, yeah. some, some very basic Japanese. Mm. Like I try to talk as much as possible, but yeah. A mm. mm. uh, total side question, but mm. do you have a chance to use Arabic much here? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also have some friends from Egypt and other Arab countries. Yeah. Like luckily, the the university I'm in is kind of international university, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of people from different countries, including Egypt and mm-hmm. other. Uh, Arab countries, so I speak Arabic as well. Yeah, because that's a common topic. It's like mm-hmm. you know that we a lot of people say you know like oh the expat world in Japan is very small. It's like a uh, mm. someone else has said you know it's like a small city inside a big city. But I kind of feel like it's very like country and culture driven. Mm. Like I've noticed like I I just it tends to be easiest of course to find the people with whom you share a yeah, language, right? Uh, yeah. But uh, you know so so I I suppose tend to gravitate towards you know people from the U.S., from Canada, mm. from New Zealand, maybe from London or whatever mm. those kinds of countries mm-hmm. but I was yeah kind of curious about the expat or the you know s- you know s- international student population mm. from you know from Egypt or from yeah, yeah there are some Egyptians it's not like a huge mm. community mm-hmm. it's still really small numbers mm-hmm. but fortunately for me I have you know people that I can talk to in Arabic so. mm, cool mm. cool mm. okay then uh, maybe uh, so we've talked a little bit about some of like the challenges then of you know mm-hmm. being uh, participating uh, in Japanese society is there anything that you found like especially joyful about being here uh, yeah there's a lot hmm joyful maybe uh, what's really nice about Japan that uh, yeah as a cartoonist uh you can see the appreciation for that kind of art mm-hmm. among many people among the majority of of people for mm-hmm. example i remember the first time i i was on the train and i saw like a, a person an older person like mm-hmm. maybe 70 years or something and reading like manga mm-hmm. and that is something you wouldn't see in, in egypt at all mm-hmm. so this kind of appreciation for art in general mm-hmm. is really something nice to to see mm-hmm. and um, I feel like uh, sequential art is kind of a language here uh, mm. more than it is uh, like a like a you know like a product yeah so for example uh, you notice on the train uh, on the tra- in the train stations you can see like you know don't walk beside the the 
you know the the edge of the line uh, and so on you you find these instructions sometimes in comics format mm -hmm. like panels and you know oh, word right. bubbles and everything sure sure so i feel it like it's something that's um yeah like a language that everyone understands and appreciates so that's something really nice to see. That's very interesting. I've never heard it phrased mm. that way as sequential art. Mm. But you even see that in like commercials, for mm. example. Like there's yeah. one like really popular mobile phone mm -hmm. uh, company, SoftBank, and they have like characters. They've built a family into their commercials. And yeah, you see yeah, like yeah. the adventures of the family. Uh, and mm. like the dad is a dog, but mm. like, <laughs> like you see the adventures of the family and like the silly things that they experience exactly. as they're like advertising for this yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it becomes like the commercials themselves mm. become a story. Mm. Mm. I, but I've never ever thought of it as you just described it as sequential art. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, like what differentiates comics from illustrations or from like uh, cartoons or caricature is the the sequential part, mm -hmm. like the the time being shown to you in panels over the page and you can freely move back and forward in time mm -hmm. so that's how comics are defined basically mm. very different from you know a novel where exactly it's extremely linear you know yeah mm. and comics also is different in the sense that uh, that it's uh kind of a like the reader participates in the experience right mm -hmm. like like i said the panels are laid out and the ability of the reader to move along the panels and uh, you know grasp everything mm -hmm. is also part of the experience. Mm -hmm. Unlike, for example, movies, where the watcher is kind of in a passive state, right? Mm -hmm. Like you watch a movie, your participation is very minimal, mm -hmm. right? Like that also serves to the popularity of movies because everyone loves movies, right? right? Not everyone loves comics, right? That's true. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, in a sense. It's quite different than novels and movies. I, I feel like it's kind of in a in a to me in a sweet spot between movies and literature. I see, mm. I see. And so, like Japan has obviously a very strong comic book culture, yeah. uh, which uh, people of all ages appreciate. There's exactly. something for everybody, yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. absolutely see how that would mm, be a huge, mm, a huge mm. thing. Uh, yeah. Like I, I remember seeing the the first uh, you know bookstore for manga, and it's like six floors full of like different different <laughs> genres. That is really nice to see for me. That's, yeah. That really makes me happy. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, And also, a lot of people use manga as a study tool, which I think is uh, actually yeah, yeah. like it's fantastic for me. Like, It's never really drawn me in. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it's amazing. Like, I've been so impressed uh, like, to see if, you know, art from this manga artist and, mm -hmm. like, and learning about the process mm -hmm. that, uh, that goes, you know, all of the different people that come together to make a manga, a manga possible mm -hmm. is really, really fascinating yeah. to me. I, personally, I haven't been super drawn to that, but like the notion of a manga or a comic book as like a language study tool is so fantastic mm. because you have pictures and text together exactly uh, telling a story mm. and in some cases over many volumes mm. and that's such a good opportunity for people to you know be able to pair you know vocabulary words together with emotions in a yeah. way that they can't do with textbooks exactly so i think like that's one of those things that i thought was just something really special and interesting mm -hmm. about comics uh, and manga mm. Uh, by the way, have you, as since you've been here, have mm. you picked up any Japanese manga or even in English? Uh, yeah, I, I have like a large collection of English manga, mm -hmm. even back in Egypt. Uh, and I've picked some here. Uh -huh. But uh, the ones in Japanese are like really like Doraemon. 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that's what I can read at this point. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I was doing that. I think the ones. Do you know Kuryong Shinchan? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up a couple of volumes of that uh, many, many years ago when I was thinking to study. Uh, if you're not familiar with the series, mm. uh, listeners or viewers, Kuryong Shinchan is uh, a manga series following the mischievous life of a very young boy mm-hmm. maybe four or five i, so. I don't remember mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh there's all kinds of all kinds of just stuff that ranges from goofy to fantastical yeah, yeah, yeah. to very serious mm-hmm. uh so there's such a wide range of stuff mm-hmm. that's available mm-hmm. all right fantastic uh let's see maybe just to make sure that we have enough time mm-hmm. uh we can take a look at a couple of things yeah, sure. at a couple of things that you brought yeah so basically uh like I told you, when I first started, I did like these, basically a webcomic, mm-hmm. and they were not like connected. It was just like, you know, different jokes, different parodies of certain stuff. Mm-hmm. But my main goal uh, was to create like, a, you know, uh, a connected story mm-hmm. over several issues with like uh, iconic or relatable characters mm-hmm. that people can you know, associate with or like or hate or so on. Mm-hmm. So that was like my, my main goal at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did this magazine uh, called Tfutalina Bokra mm-hmm. in Arabic. In English, it means pass by tomorrow or like drop by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of a sci-fi comedy imagining Egypt in the future. And uh, there's an alien invasion and mm-hmm. there's like a, a group of, uh, a team of, you know, specialists who are supposed to defend the the country and the world from this invasion. Mm -hmm. And it's really satirical. Um, Yep. So, okay, so uh, for those of you who are just listening, I'm flipping through the pages of the comic right now, and every I'm looking at, this is the first volume? This, the first issue. The first issue that yeah. I'm looking at. Uh, and yes, it is, uh, there's a there's a familiar-looking human on the front of the comic, but uh, mm. as soon as you get to the first page, it's yeah. aliens having a conversation, I presume, about invading yeah, yeah, the exactly. country. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly, <laughs> according to the prophecy. So, uh, back to the cover. Yeah. So, basically, he is the, the main character, and... You can sense what he's about from what he's doing. He's using a laser gun mm-hmm. to light his cigarette. Oh, very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you do. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, this is like what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Um, like for the future to be good, mm. we need to like change some certain aspects, uh-huh. right? Of our, of our, you know, how we deal with things, how we deal with, with science, how mm. we deal with, you know... Uh, that kind of stuff. Right, mm. right. And so this is one of uh, the guy on the cover here. It's one of the specialists that you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, he's like he's the leader. Yeah. Right, but he doesn't seem to, uh, like, uh, on our first glance, he doesn't seem to be a person who makes the best choices. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of a theme then with mm. the with the, the other uh, main characters that we follow throughout the series. Then, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, so you shared a little bit with me uh, earlier about some of the other people. Mm. Uh, there, are, there are four people total yeah. in the team in the yeah. series that you created. Uh-huh. So this is this is the back cover yeah. of another one. I think third mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Uh, the third issue, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, looking at the cover, so that we have the same. There are four people that mm-hmm. are four people, four characters, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, on this team. That we have like this first, the first guy that we saw on the mm-hmm. fir- on the cover, and then there's a young woman and mm-hmm. a donkey and what appears to be an old man. Like uh, yeah, like a cyborg. Oh, this is a cyborg. Yeah. Okay, and so 
you told me a little bit about the reason that you created this donkey character. Yeah, too. so he's actually he's my favorite character. Okay. So <laughs> his name is Nagib, and he's like a genetically modified donkey, mm-hmm. uh, designed to be like super intelligent. Okay. And basically, he's the <laughs> only intelligent character in the team. I like that he's smoking a pipe and he's wearing glasses too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, basically, in Arabic, donkey is kind of like an insult. Mm. It kind of means idiot. Well, I guess we actually have that in English too, ass. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, calling someone an ass. Yeah, 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 yeah to that. Yeah. So okay. So that's that's where the irony comes from. Got it. Mm. Got it. So all of he's he's the smartest mm. in and the no, group. No one listens to him. Ah, mm. I hate it when I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate being that guy. That's all, that's happened to all of us, I'm sure. Cool. So the the series, how many uh, issues? Six are, issues. Six issues are in this series. That's very cool. Are they? So is this something that people can read online or was this something that's published just the physical uh, it, version? Well, like we had the published version and we had like a digital version on an app in Egypt called Kutubna. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's also available digitally. Okay, cool. Well. And this is Arabic only. So for those mm. of you who want to boost your Arabic skills, <laughs> you yeah, can you can sweet. do that. You can do that. And then you also have some uh, mm. other stuff. You brought uh, quite a stack of things. Yeah, this so... This mm. is also the same series. Okay, this is the same and series. This is mm. called another project called Mangaha, which is kind of like a collaborative project between me and the friend uh, Ali Galel, mm-hmm. uh, who passed away last year. Oh, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Mm. And uh, it's kind of a... We attempted to make like a parody of manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily a parody of manga, but like using the manga format to tell... Egyptian stories. Oh, that's interesting. When, mm. What's like uh, uh, for a person, for a comic book noob like me? What when you say the manga format? Is there something that's different from your, this, you know, comic approach that you've used here? Uh, that's like uh, art style wise, like maybe uh, the, the thin line art and the uh, the screen tones. But I use okay. them here too. But okay. yeah, <clears throat> and like some of the effects. Okay. You know that kind of. I see. So mm. kind of like more stylistic choices stylistic, that were yeah. similar to manga. Mm, mm, I see. Mm. As opposed to the style that you were using exactly. for, for these other ones mm. then. So this is a collaborative effort. Yeah. Is that something that you often do, collaborating with other artists to produce uh, like new works? I collaborated uh, around three times okay. so far. Usually to create some like a, a comic book, something like this? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So are you working with other artists to like uh, produce other like parodies for your collaborations? or? Sometimes, like, for example, mm. uh, for this series, uh, there's a chapter that was made by a friend, Ahmed Rafat. Mm-hmm. He's uh, uh, a cartoonist, uh, an Egyptian cartoonist living in the UK. Mm-hmm. And uh, his style is very serious, more like uh, DC style, okay. like much more, you know, realistic and a bit serious and uh, heavy in style. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Uh, we collaborated on him telling a story. So basically this character, who's the cyborg, Mm -hmm. he's kind of a not-so-honest character. Okay. Like, he likes to exaggerate Mm -hmm. and to make up stories. Mm -hmm. So he's telling telling the other characters how he lost his arm. Mm -hmm. And when he tells the story, the style changes to Ahmad Rafat's art, which is very... Serious to tell like this, you know, over the top story about him fighting in a war and being on a plane and having to cut his arm off Mm -hmm. to get freed from the explosion Mm -hmm. and you know this kind of like very heavy story. Right. And then in the end, 
the other character comes in and oh you're telling them about your arm mm -hmm. and how you lost it while driving you know mm -hmm. a, a car like like a really silly reason to to lose an arm uh -huh. right <laughs> <laughs> okay but he's telling a fantastic story exactly so you created this shift in like in the artwork itself to yeah. emphasize yeah, 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 yeah. how like fantastic and ridiculous the whole thing yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. oh that's really cool mm. that's something that you can't do with text yes exactly that's oh. one of the strong points about comics i would say yeah that's mm. something that's really interesting and then total tangent here complete tangent here but what when you have you seen for example i've talked about this this is now the second time i've talked about this on this mm. podcast but uh that uh spider-man movie that came out like a year or two ago uh no, into the spider that's it into yeah, the yeah, spider-verse yeah. it was like this really really cool it's integration so of, of comic book esque storytelling yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the in the uh movie you know in the movie mm. in the framework of a movie mm -hmm. i was blown away really by really the good. way that they put that together yeah, yeah, yeah. and i've heard nothing but positive things from everybody exactly. related to yeah. visual media about that yeah, mm. yeah, yeah it was one of my favorites and i am actually at a certain point around three years ago mm -hmm. i stopped watching superhero movies even though i love comics uh -huh. i love dc and marvel comics uh -huh. but i feel like the the this kind of like the Marvel and DC cinematic universes, it's not for me. Oh. I feel like it's too repetitive uh -huh. and too, you know, draining. And for me, I don't enjoy it anymore. Oh. But the exception I made was for this movie because it, it's completely different. It's so artistic, so well done on so many levels. Yeah, that was one of the only ones that I have gone to see uh, mm. and that really, really struck me in recent mm. memory. Because I like, I mean, you grow up as a kid watching mm. superhero movies. It's fun. It's kind yeah. of a fantastic story. But I guess for me, it was like... Uh, I too haven't really been watching the the superhero movies very much. I mm -hmm. kind of want to, but it seems to me that there's such a strong fandom around it, and it's like if it, you haven't been following the series, and you can't jump into this most recent one. Yeah, it's right yeah, here, yeah. So yeah, I suppose it's kind of yeah. I don't know. It's for me, it's the, the fun for repetition. Me. I feel like I'm watching the same thing uh, over and over again. Right? Uh -huh. For me, that's yeah. I, I look forward to your comments. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I, I think I'm saying something Internet. very controversial. I know, right we're going to get so many comments on this. Like, I can't believe you guys don't watch the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's too bad. But, uh, but I'm, I'm happy for people who like it. Yeah, of yeah, course, of course. Like, it's not that I dislike it either. It's just that I guess I just end up using my time in other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, like, they're fun to watch now. Anyway, I'm getting horribly off topic. Uh, I wanted to continue on to uh, the other things. So you mm. brought a couple samples of the English work oh, yeah. that you've been doing uh, during your time in Japan. Mm. Uh, so... Mm. so mm. Basically, I was walking with a friend, uh, uh, half Egyptian friend, Ibrahim mm -hmm. Yusuf. Uh, he's also an artist. And we were walking in Japan. He lived here for a while. And um, he told me, check out this magazine. It's the best English-speaking magazine oh. uh, in Japan. High and <laughs> so I got an issue. And then I, I saw that they have like a comics section. Mm -hmm. So then I contacted them and, uh, and you know, sent some of my work and, proposed the idea for this. So usually when I start, like even with Futalina Bokra, mm -hmm. uh, I usually, when I when I pitch an idea, I usually prefer to have like a complete sample. Ah, so okay. wh when I pitched this magazine, I had the first issue completely done mm -hmm. and I showed it to the, uh, to the uh, media funding agency. Okay. Uh, and in this case, I also had like the, the first one uh, to show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and then they invited me over and we had a nice talk and we agreed on uh, how things would, would work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think I published 19 comic strips. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, like I remember, like I said, you know, mm -hmm. I'd seen it here and there. 
and I was so like I was so interested at the the vibe of it how different it was from the kind of thank you harsh uh the harsher kind of takes that i'd seen critical critical or uh yeah less is less focused on the the comics and kind of like the jokes that i that i usually see are they because i think the uh community of expats uh coming from western like from canada from the us from like london england stuff like that australia mm-hmm. i feel like that's a there's a larger community of people mm-hmm. uh from those countries and as a result like we have more of their perspectives and so maybe more mm-hmm. uh it's more direct and a little more argumentative like the kinds of humor yeah. and uh, like observational mm-hmm. art that comes out so i remember being kind of like Huh. Like if this is just more like this is an experience I had that was kind of mm. gently humorous, and yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. thinking, oh, it's so different from what I'd seen before. And it was, mm. uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And like Thank I told you. you before, but like uh, for anybody, yeah, who wants to check out, uh, oh yeah, do you have a, a like a in it? Well, I'll I'll do that at the end. Uh, for anybody that wants to like a, a, to take a look, you can find uh, the English and and Arabic um, samples of mm-hmm. uh, his work online. Yep. But the one uh, comic that you created for this series that I think so many people who have ever studied another language, I told you about this earlier, uh, could appreciate. There was one that you did uh, that you you use sensor bars, if Mm. that's the right word, to to show the progress over time of your language learning, of your Japanese Mm. language learning. And you were were using speech bubbles, but inside the speech bubbles were just like censorship bars Mm. uh, to show all of these different things that you couldn't understand. And then over time, like you would start to be able to understand a word here and there. And so you'd let that appear in the speech bubble. I just exactly. thought that that was wonderful. I loved Thank that. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy you like it. Yeah, I really, yeah. really liked it's, that. It's based on a true story. <laughs> For all of us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that that was a really, really great uh, way to kind of show what it's like mm-hmm. to to not to be in a place where you don't understand everything that's going yeah. on around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really, really cool, uh, I thought, way to interpret um to interpret the experience yeah so i like that a lot and uh yeah i hope other people uh, can take a look at that um but we are running close to the end of our time so i want to kind of finish up with a couple of maybe more forward thinking questions i want to ask uh if you uh i'm not sure how much uh longer you plan on being in japan but maybe uh what's kind of the next thing that's coming up for you in terms of you know like creativity and creative projects do you can do you see yourself continuing to to do uh comic work in english and in arabic or maybe yeah, in yeah. japanese i don't know in, in japanese would be a bit difficult i suppose <laughs> maybe uh-huh. one day maybe in the future yeah i, I hope so but uh for gaijin falafel i feel like i i want to uh add newer comic strips, mm-hmm. add new strips and uh, like collect it in a in a graphic novel or like a small okay. book. Cool. Um, so basically I want to, to do that and pitch it to publishers. Uh-huh. So that is one of the projects I, I would like to see happen. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. OK. Yeah. And then if people would like to find you online, mm. Where can they do that? Where, where do, you, uh, do you have social media presence? Yeah, yeah, I'm on Twitter. Basically, mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter all, all day. <laughs> pretty, oh, that's impressive. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, Twitter is my favorite. Ah. Yeah, I, I stopped using Facebook at all. Okay, yeah, okay. So basically Twitter and Instagram. So uh, it's at Barbatos. 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 Barbatos, okay. Yeah. Uh, what's the... The name. What does the, the name mean? It's an. It's a funny Arabic word. Uh, that kind of. Kind of hard to explain, but like you know the onesie uh-huh. that babies wear. Yes. 
So basically, it's a really funny word that's not so common to hear in, in Egyptian Arabic, meaning this thing. Okay. So it, it just sounds funny. It's just funny. a funny word. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I will accept that. Yeah. I, like, I too, as a, as a mm. fan of funny words, I will accept that then. So we can find you on Twitter at Barbatoz. Barbatoz. Sorry, my pronunciation. Uh, and uh, do you use like Instagram to yeah, share yeah, your yeah. comments? So I have mm. like two, one for Barbatoz and one for like Gaijin Falafel as well. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the so uh, the Gaijin Falafel one is just Instagram, like at Gaijin yeah. Falafel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, one word. I'll put links to all of these in the podcast description and the YouTube description as well. Sounds good. So everybody should go and check out uh, his really cool work there and keep an eye out, hopefully, for a book of Gaijin Falafel. Yeah, I hope sometime so. Sometime coming to a publisher near you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very cool. <laughs> Uh, well, I will wrap it up here unless you have any other comments that you just can't wait to get out. Uh, not really. I'm very happy to have this uh, talk and I'm happy to be here on uh, Non-Native Creative. Thank you so much for coming. It's I really appreciate cool it. It's such a cool show. Oh, that's and so cool. I- I'm really a big fan of the of the word, of the title. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it yes. just it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. It communicates, I hope, uh, you know, the, the aims of the show and... It also, I feel like, represents the people. You know, yeah, we yeah, can yeah. also consider the people who come to visit the show uh, as non-native creatives, but it's also an idea as well. Yes. So thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, you for, for an interesting me. discussion. I really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Non-Native Creative. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so that you never miss an interview. Also, please make sure to stop by the project Patreon at patreon.com slash non-nativecreative. Patrons can get access to Patreon-only discussions, bonus behind-the-scenes media, interview transcripts, and access to patron-only live streams. Your support will help make sure the series can continue to share exciting, interesting stories from creative people working across borders. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.